Hey, what's up, family? Listen, this week, as you can tell, I am in a major struggle with my voice, and I attempted to record some new content for you beauties, but I am not going to be able to record an entire show, as you can tell. So I am going to go back and play an episode that I played a couple of years ago, and I want to let you know it does tie in with what I was going to talk about this week. However, I am going to put myself on vocal rest and allow you to listen to this episode, which I will rename as part one, put some respect on my name. And when I come back next week, it will tie in perfectly with part two of put some respect on my my name. So I pray that you will enjoy today's show. And listen, it is going to bless you. And it's also an excellent segue to next week's show, which will be part two of put some respect on my name. So listen, have a happy and blessed Super Bowl Sunday. And I hope that your team wins Listen, if you remember last week's episode, this is the year of the underdog. Just keep that in mind when you are rooting for your team tonight. Listen, I love you guys. Have a blessed week and God bless you. Keep me in your prayers and enjoy this episode, part one of Put Some Respect on My Name. Be blessed. Welcome to Beautiful Soul Sunday, and thank you for tuning in. Listen, we want you to be encouraged, uplifted, and strengthened in your faith as you listen to the show today. And we pray that this podcast will be a blessing to your soul. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lynn Gope. Well, good morning. Grace and peace, beautiful souls. Rise and shine. It is a beautiful soul Sunday because this is the day that the Lord has made We will rejoice in this day and every day, and we will be glad in it. This is your host, your sister, your auntie, your girl, Dr. Lynn Goble, and I am back this week to give you another dose of the most insight, inspiration, energy, encouragement, and love. That is what I keep coming back to give you a dose of. Listen, I am here just to release some positive vibes to you wherever you are listening from, your phone, your home, your car, your computer, maybe even your television or your radio this week. Again, thank you to all of my listeners nationwide and internationally who continue to support and tune in to the Godcast podcast each week. I love and I appreciate all of you for tuning into the show. And I am sending each of you lots of love all across the world. So I pray that all of you beauties had an amazing week last week. And listen, if you are still here, I want you to know that you are a miracle because you have survived, whether it was a disease, a diagnosis, an injury, a surgery, the death of losing a loved one, and everything else the enemy has tried to throw at you, 
But listen, you are still here, which means that you not only went through, but you made it through. And that qualifies you as one of God's living, breathing miracles. So shout out to all of my survivors. And listen, if you have not been through any of the things that I just mentioned, I am shouting you out too, because whether you realize it or not, you have survived something. It's one of those things church mothers used to say years ago, God kept you through dangers seen and unseen. So we not only thank God for making it through the things we know about, but we also thank and praise God for keeping us and bringing us through the things we were not even aware that he kept us from. That is good news. And you know what? He is just a good, good father. And yes, he knows you by name. And of course, our topic of discussion on this week is what's in a name. That was a question posed by William Shakespeare. What's in a name? Not just what's in a name or what's in the most powerful name that we know, which is the name of Jesus and how powerful his name is and how much authority it carries, but also knowing that there is power in your name and power behind your name. I can remember being in Sunday school as a little girl who out there remembers going to Sunday school. Listen, I had some of the best Bible teaching in Sunday school and in vacation Bible school. And I can remember a lot of those teachings as a little girl, but I remember being in Sunday school and my teacher, Bishop Samuel Moore, the son of my pastor and bishop that you often hear me mention, his son pastors a church in Huntington, West Virginia, Full Gospel Assembly. Shout out to them. They are my family over in H-Town, but Bishop Samuel Moore, who was my Sunday school teacher when I was a little girl, he was the first person to teach us about given names and surnames, which is your first name and your last name. Now, here's what you have to understand. Bishop Moore, Samuel Moore, also taught in the public school system. And later, he was an instructor at Marshall University. So he was an educator. And I can remember him teaching us that once you accepted Jesus Christ into your life, that he changed your name. So for instance, he said, your name is Lynn Banks. Banks, of course, being my maiden name. But he said, your name is Lynn Banks. Once you accept Christ into your life as your Savior, your name changes from Lynn Banks to Lynn Banks Jesus. And that is the reason why your name has power. It is because of whose name you carry. A lot of times in the Bible, I would even say most of the time when a woman was pregnant, God would send an angel to that woman to tell her what she was to name her child. It wasn't just when Jesus was being named. We read in the Bible in Luke chapter 1 verse 31 that she shall bring forth a son, she of course being Mary, and you shall call his name Jesus. 
And you will also read that once Jesus was born and he grew and began to perform miracles, even when he was going to cast out devils, he would do it by the power and the authority of his name. However, he understood where that power and authority came from. In the book of John, chapter 10, Jesus was teaching parables, as he would often do, and the Jews accused him of having a demon because they were not able to understand or comprehend what he was teaching. And someone who caught the revelation of what he was being taught spoke up and said, these are not teachings from someone with a devil. Then the Jews spoke up and said, okay, well, how long are you going to make us doubt you, Jesus? If you are the Christ, then we need for you to tell us plainly. I mean, we need for you to just come out and tell us that you are Jesus Christ, son of the living God. And I just love the response of Jesus because in verse 25 of John chapter 10, this is what Jesus said to them. He said, I told you who I was and you didn't believe me. The works that I do in my father's name bears witness of who I am. So Jesus was saying, the fact that I come in my father's name, that should let you know who I am. Because Jesus understood it's not me, but it's whose name I carry. And you should also know and understand that it's not you, but it's whose name you carry that you can also speak to the mountains and say to the mountain, be thou removed, be cast into the sea, or you can speak to sickness, you can speak to death, you can even speak to the enemy. Why? It is because of whose name you carry. When the enemy tells you that you have no power, you are nobody, you can say to the enemy, by myself, in my own name, maybe not. But if I carry the name of Christ, then devil, you better watch out because I don't come in my own name. I come in the name and in the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. Understand that God was very strategic and specific in not only designing who you are and creating you, but in also naming you. I mentioned earlier that God would oftentimes send an angel to a woman who was pregnant to tell her what she was to name her unborn child, or that woman would name her child according to what she went through. Rather, it was a good experience or a not so good experience. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 20, it talks about Hannah, who was barren, and she asked God for a son. God answered her prayer, and the Bible says that when the time was come for Hannah to conceive, she had a son and called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked him of the Lord. So Samuel means asked of God. I talked about God changing Sarai's name to Sarah because she was going to be the mother of many nations. But before that, she doubted God because it was taking her so long to become pregnant and to see the fruition of God's promise to her and Abraham. 
So she had the bright idea that maybe that's not what God really meant. Maybe when God promised us a son, Abraham, what God meant was that you were supposed to sleep with my handmaiden and she is the one who will give you a son. So she had her husband, Abraham, to sleep with her handmaiden, to sleep with the maid, to sleep with the help. Let me just interject right there and say, yeah, I hired you to help me, but you don't need to help me like that. I'm just saying. But she had her husband, Abraham, to sleep with her maid, Hagar, who was an Egyptian who did become pregnant. And after that, Sarai became jealous because this woman did have her husband's baby and she was still barren. She was still childless. So she became jealous. She hated Hagar and she told Abraham to put her out, make her leave. And God spoke to Abraham and he said, listen to your wife. But now notice God did not tell Abraham to listen to his wife when she suggested that he should sleep with another woman. Okay. But before all of that, when Hagar was asked to leave in Genesis chapter 16, verse 11, it says the angel of the Lord said unto Hagar, behold, you are with a child and shall bear a son and shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord hath heard your affliction. And of course, Sarah and Abraham indeed eventually did have a son of their own named Isaac. But in Genesis chapter 17, verse 19, God said, Sarah, your wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. Now notice this. Because there was enmity between these two boys, Isaac and Ishmael, these two brothers, God still said that he would also make Ishmael a great nation as well because he was Abraham's son. And out of both Isaac and Ishmael, we do see two nations birthed, which became two nations which were and are at war with each other to this very day. But notice their names. Ishmael meant affliction and Isaac meant everlasting covenant. So we really should not be surprised when we see so much hatred and affliction coming from the nation of Islam because they were born out of affliction. And as a nation, we see a lot of pain and affliction because that's who they are as a people simply because they carry that name. I am going to take a short break. And when I come back, I will continue my topic of discussion on what's in a name. So stay tuned and I will be right back after this brief announcement. Hey, what's up, family? Listen, if you have not heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it is absolutely free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, 
Apple Podcast, and many other podcast platforms. And guess what? You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back to the show, beauties. So we are continuing our discussion on what's in a name. I talked about when God changes your name. For my Bible readers, there is someone in the Bible you may immediately have thought about when I talked about God changing someone's name, and that is none other than Jacob. For my non-Bible readers who may not be as familiar with the story of Jacob, he was the twin brother of Esau, whose name meant to grab the heel of, which was completely accurate because he was born holding his brother Jacob by the heel of his foot. But Jacob's name meant surplanter, deceiver, or trickster. And you read about Jacob growing up to deceive or trick his brother out of his inheritance. But since his name meant that he was a deceiver, check this out. His name drew deception towards him. So I want to say this, whatever you are named and whatever your name means, that is what you are going to draw to you. But in Jacob's case, him tricking his brother out of his inheritance, it seemed as if his goal was really to get his hands on what his older brother Esau was entitled to. And years later, when Jacob found the love of his life, Rachel, he was deceived by Rachel's father, who sent Rachel's sister Leah into the bedchamber because Leah was the oldest daughter, so she was supposed to get married first. So Jacob ends up with Leah instead of Rachel. And when he woke up, of course, he was deceived because he discovered that he married the wrong woman or he did not marry the woman that he was intending to marry. So he woke up with the wrong woman in his bed. OK, I'm going to let that marinate. <laughs> but he ended up being tricked at his own game of deceiving others because he deceived his father by pretending to be his brother Esau when he tricked him out of his inheritance. He also deceived his brother. And because of that deception, since that's what his name meant, deception attached itself to him and it was drawn to him. And that's how he ended up with his two wives, Rachel and Leah. Now, his wife, Rachel, was barren, so she was not able to have any children. But Leah, on the other hand, was popping out all kinds of babies. And here's where God had to change Jacob's name. And I'm going to come back and talk about Rachel in a moment. But many years later, Jacob is about to face his brother Esau after tricking him out of his inheritance. And of course, Esau finds out that his brother stole his inheritance because that's literally what happened. And once he found that out, he sought revenge against his brother 
So years later, Jacob was on the run, afraid that his brother Esau was going to kill him. And of course, when they do finally end up meeting one another, Esau was just glad to see his baby brother and he forgave him for stealing his inheritance. But before that happened, in Genesis chapter 32, in the middle of the night, Jacob got up and he took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons, and he sent them across the stream along with all of his possessions. And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. This man was an angel of the Lord. And when the man saw that he could not overpower Jacob, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was dislocated as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said to him, let me go for it is daybreak. And Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And here it is. The man asked him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and you struggled with human beings, but you have overcome all of them. So Jacob's name was changed from overcoming others to being an overcomer himself. And his new name commemorated what Jacob had to do when he engaged directly with God. But the blessing he receives with his new name, Israel, begins a change as well as an entire transformation in him. Over time, he lets go of his need to gain wealth for himself. And instead, he acknowledges God as being Lord and Savior in his life. And out of him, the nations of Israel is birthed and his 12 sons are known as the 12 tribes of Israel. So listen, I am shouting out all of my listeners in the country of Israel. I mean, that is still way cool to me. God changed Jacob's name and look what was birthed out of his name, the nation of Israel in the Middle East, which coincidentally is where my descendants are from, my roots and my blood relatives trace all the way back to the Middle East. And I found that out years ago when I did DNA testing that I actually have Middle Eastern blood. I think it is way cool to find out where you come from and the heritage you are part of. And this is why a name is so important. I mentioned that I was going to come back to Rachel, Jacob's wife, because when God opened up her womb, she was barren. But when God opened up her womb, she had two sons, Joseph and Benjamin. But Rachel died during childbirth when she was having Benjamin. And here's what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 35, verse 18. It says, and it came to pass as her soul was departing from her, because she died, that she called the name of her son Benani, which means son of my sorrow. But listen to this. His father, Jacob, stepped in, who is now been renamed Israel. And he said, oh, no, we are not going to call him Benani, son of my sorrow. We are going to call him Benjamin, 
which means son of my strength. His father changed his name. And I want to say that it's important when your name is changed by your father. Oh, my goodness, because names have power and what a name means is even more powerful than that when you change their name and call them not who they are, but who they shall be. Don't call your children names or change their names unless their name is going to help them line up with their destiny and who God called them to be. Because people will label your children, society will label your children, those who have influence on your children will also try to rename your children, but watch who you allow to rename your child and watch naming or calling your own children, your sons and your daughters out of their name. You are lazy, you are worthless, you're dumb, you're stupid, you are never going to amount to anything. Even if your children are not reflecting who they shall be right now, make sure that you are not calling your children names to line up with where they are, but where they are going. Because remember, God changed someone's name whenever their name had to line up with their purpose. Children today might be named after a family member to show respect or to honor the memory of a loved one. But I want to also say this, when a family member has suffered the loss of a loved one through tragedy and a member of that family eventually becomes pregnant and they want to name their child after the loved one that they lost just to honor them in their death or to commemorate a memory by naming their child by that deceased family member who may have been tragically taken from them. Well, twice in my lifetime, God has spoken to me personally and said that the family member should not name their child after a loved one they have lost through a tragedy. And I'm not saying that the child will grow up to have the same fate, but for God to specifically tell me to tell one of my own family members not to name their child after another family member who died tragically, there has to be some type of connection or significance which could potentially come to that child simply because their name has been connected to someone else's name who may have died tragically. And I believe that God spoke that to me so that there would not be a connection between that child and the loved one which was lost. There are several scriptures in the Bible which does address dead things. In Luke chapter 9, verse 60, Jesus was encouraging his followers And the Bible says that there was a certain man who wanted to go and bury his father first before following Jesus. And Jesus said to the man, let the dead bury the dead. And this is what Jesus said to him. Here's what's important. Preaching the kingdom of God. And here's why. In Luke chapter 20, verse 38, it says, For he is not a God of the dead, but of the living, for all live unto him. There are several different types of rituals performed 
in vast cultures whenever someone dies and saying that person's name or writing that person's name, even burying their name can cause the fate of how someone else is affected in life whenever they carry that person's name. So this is something that really should be considered whenever you are choosing someone's name or whenever you are helping to assist a loved one, whether it's a child or a grandchild, to have a say in what they will be called and what they will be named. Names are so important that when the angel of the Lord came to Elizabeth and prophesied to her and her husband, Zacharias, that they would have a son after Elizabeth was also barren, and this story can be found in St. Luke chapter 1, the Bible says that Elizabeth and Zacharias were both righteous before God, walking in all of the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. So they were righteous. They walked up right before the Lord. They were blameless. However, they were also childless and they were also well in age, just like Sarah and Abraham, but they never had any children because Elizabeth was barren. Verse 11 of Luke chapter one says, there appeared to him an angel of the Lord, him being Zacharias, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Verse 12 says, when Zacharias saw him, the angel of the Lord, he was troubled and he was also fearful. In verse 13, the angel said unto him, fear not, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard because he asked God for a child. And the angel said, your wife, Elizabeth, shall bear you a son and you shall call his name John. John being John the Baptist. Now, in verse 14, it says, And you shall have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth, for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb, which he was. Verse 16 says, And many of the children of Israel shall be turned to the Lord their God because of him or because of his ministry. Verse 17 says, And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Verse 18 says, And Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is also well stricken in years. And the angel answering him in verse 19 says, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God, and I am sent to speak unto you and to show you these glad tidings. But here's the part that really blessed me. And it was eye-opening when my husband and I talked about the importance and the value in a name. The fact that Zacharias doubted the word of God, which was sent to him by the angel Gabriel. In verse 20, Gabriel says this to him, Behold, you shall be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed or come to pass, because you chose not 
to believe my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. So now it was after this that Elizabeth did conceive. And in verse 57, it says that Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered and she brought forth a son, just like the angel Gabriel prophesied. But listen to this. Verse 58 says her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy to her and they rejoiced with her. Verse 59 says, and it came to pass that on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child and they called his name Zacharias after the name of his father. Now, I just want to pause right there because if you had a son and your son is named after you, well, listen, if God did not give you any other instructions that your child should be named something else, I think you're good. But if God specifically gives you a word and he tells you what to name your child, be obedient to the name that God has spoken to you. In verse 60, his mother Elizabeth answered and said, not so, but he shall be called John. And they said to her, there is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. Verse 62 says, and they made signs to the father because remember, Zacharias has been dumb this whole time. He has not been able to speak. So they went to him and they wrote signs asking Zacharias what they should name the child. And this is really going to bless you. Zacharias asked for a writing table in verse 63, and he wrote the name John. And the Bible says that as soon as he wrote his name, immediately his tongue was loosed. His mouth was then able to open and he began to speak and to praise God. So listen to this. His father wrote his name. Oh, my goodness. What does that remind you of? And the child's name had to line up with his destiny. That is how important it is to make sure you choose the right name for your children and for your children's children. The name Zacharias means God remembers, but his son had to be named something different because his son was going to be able to cause not God to remember him, but for the people whom he was going to minister to, to remember God. And did you notice that when Elizabeth said they were going to name the child John, her family members said to her, there's no one else in the family with that name. So I want to say this to you, even if your family gets mad at you and they don't understand the reasoning behind a name, you continue to be prayerful when choosing a name for your child. And if you feel led by God to name your child something completely different from what mama and daddy and grandma and everybody else in the family wants to name your child, all feelings aside, listen to God. Let them get mad. I promise you when that baby is born, they're going to be loving and hugging and kissing on that baby. It's not even going to matter. They will get over it. Just remember to allow God to lead you, guide and direct you in choosing a name that your child will carry and be called for the rest of their lives. 
Before I end the show today, I want to leave you with a scripture quote, which will help lead and guide you in every choice and decision, not just whenever you are choosing a name, but in choosing everything you do in life. And that is this out of the book of Colossians, chapter three, verse 17. It says, whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and to the Father by him. So the answer to William Shakespeare's question, what's in a name? Absolutely everything. Listen, beauties, that is my time. Until next week, remember whose name you carry, which is Jesus Christ, and there is power in his name. So speak his name, say his name, and keep living your best life for Christ, which is a blessed life. Feast on the word of God. Be intentional to be a blessing to someone else. Stay positive, stay healthy, body, soul, and spirit. Always be kind, keep a beautiful mind, and never forget who God called you to be, purposed you to be, and created you to be. And that is a beautiful, dope soul. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Don't forget to subscribe to Beautiful Soul Sunday on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. Also, follow Beautiful Soul Sunday on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or visit our website at beautifulsoulsunday.com. Until next time, blessings, grace, and peace be multiplied.